Good morning, and thank you for joining us on the Advent United Methodist Church podcast worship service. I spent my day Friday trying to decide how best to respond to all the suspensions of activities related to the coronavirus. We need to remain calm, but we also need to be mindful of our neighbors. While it would be nice to provide a worship service as an alternative to the anxiety of these days, it also seems irresponsible to do so. When we are together, we simply cannot stop doing what is natural to us, being connected to each other. So out of responsibility to the community, both ours and the one beyond our doors, we cannot gather for Sunday worship. We will assess the situation and make a determination about Palm Sunday and Easter later this month. Until then, we will worship together electronically via this podcast. We will also be producing other devotional material to help us remain spiritually grounded during an anxious time. It is important that you know this is not an overreaction to a media blitz. It is a temporary interruption into our normal routine. This may blow over and not be that big of a deal. If that happens, it most likely will be the result of people taking necessary precautions. Ultimately, we'll be thankful because we were careful. Until then, let us remember to stay calm and be mindful of yourself and others. Now let us worship. to sing my great Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King, the triumphs of His grace, the glories of my God and King, the triumphs of His grace. My gracious Master and my God, assist me to proclaim, to spread through all the earth abroad the honors of thy name, to spread through all the earth abroad the honors of thy name. Jesus, the name that charms our fears, that bids our sorrows cease. Tis music in the sinner's ears, tis life and health and peace. Tis music in the sinner's ears, tis life and health and peace. Take heart, Christ is calling us. He calls to us to come. Come near to him, to stand before Christ. What do you want me to do, he asks. We have come here. We're drawn here. We long to be here, to have our sight restored. He breaks the power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean, His blood availed for me. His blood can make the foulest clean, His blood availed for me. The stories we read are set up by the stories we don't read. 
Just prior to our reading today, a rich man approaches Jesus and asks, What must I do to inherit eternal life? When the man tries to present himself as faithful to all the commandments, Jesus tells him to go and sell everything he has and give it to the poor. Then follow me. The rich man walks away. His words shock the disciples who say to Jesus, Then who can be saved? Jesus replies, What's impossible for human beings is possible with God. Next, two disciples, James and John, want to sit at the left and right side of Jesus in heaven. And Jesus says, Can you do what I'm about to do? No, you cannot. With humans, it is impossible. With God, all things are possible. A man of material wealth and two disciples of spiritual wealth are rejected. Rejected from preferential treatment. Now enters the blind beggar. Now let us listen to Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. Angie Stapp and Ariel Johnson will read our lesson today. They will also sing a verse of Amazing Grace to follow the sermon. Jesus and his followers came into Jericho. As Jesus was leaving Jericho, together with his disciples and a sizable crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, Timaeus' son, was sitting beside the road. When he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was there, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, show me mercy. Many scolded him, telling him to be quiet, but he shouted even louder, Son of David, show me mercy. Jesus stopped and said, Call him forward. They called the blind man, Be encouraged, get up, he's calling you. Throwing his coat to the side, he jumped up and came to Jesus. Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Teacher, I want to see. Jesus said, Go, your faith has healed you. At once he was able to see, and he began to follow Jesus on the way. The Word of God for For the the people people of God. We set out to preach a sermon series on our mission in light of Jesus' mission statement found in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. We thought it would help us understand ourselves as a congregation and as Christian people as we head towards the future decisions in the United Methodist Church. In the midst of the message, though, we were interrupted by a pandemic. The pandemic has not changed our course. Matter of fact, it has heightened the need for missional grounding. However, we cannot proceed without saying something about it. Pandemic is a word that sounds ominous, one that immediately calls up images of the Black Plague or a zombie apocalypse. While pandemics are serious business, it's important to remember the word describes how easily a sickness spreads. It does not, and I repeat, it does not refer to the outcome of a disease. The coronavirus, or COVID-19, is a pandemic because it quickly spread across countries and continents. Had it remained confined to China or South Korea, it would have been classified as an epidemic, a sickness that impacts a specific area, but is limited to that region. What is of major concern to health officials is the speed at which this virus spread across continents, not its direct mortality rate. Death does not need to be the ultimate outcome to pose a threat to the worldwide community. 
Consider for a moment a person with a coronavirus going into an emergency room to be treated. The nurses and doctors become exposed without warning. The hospital staff works a full shift exposing even more staff and patients. If the ER staff all become sick, then the ability of the hospital to treat emergency patients is severely compromised. We need to limit contact, not for the person you see standing in front of you, but for the 50 people impacted by a person-to-person -person interaction you cannot see. The steps being taken are not a panicked overreaction to media hype. We are asking people for a short period of time to interrupt their normal routine to control the spread of a virus. If at the end of the suspension of activity there is no big impact, that would be a good thing. Today we're going to focus on the words that stand behind the story of Bartimaeus. They are from Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Jesus unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, He has sent me to proclaim recovery of sight for the blind. If you think about it, what a fitting weekend to be preaching on the mission of recovery of sight for the blind. The World Health Organization and the Center for Disease Control are asking us to look at something we cannot see. And we are being asked to trust or have faith in their sight to help us see for our own well-being. Not too much of a stretch to draw comparisons. I was talking to a friend the other day and he said, I've never washed my hands so much as I have these last couple of days. I'm sure you've had similar conversations or have thought the very same thing. Most likely, your grandparents or great-grandparents, depending on your age, would have been shocked to learn you did not wash your hands frequently. They would have been children of the great influenza pandemic of 1918, a pandemic that infected 27% of the world's population and killed over 50 million people. Out of that pandemic, people were drilled in hygiene. Wash before each meal. Wash after going to the bathroom. Wash after touching something dirty. The longer and longer we were removed from that horrible time, the less we saw the need for washing. Long after the coronavirus is over, I hope you still wash your hands frequently. It will go a long way towards keeping you healthy. Even in this world of amazing technology, sometimes we cannot see the very real threats in our life, nor the simple steps we can take to protect ourselves. It is dangerous to preach a miracle story during the time of national anxiety. We need to be sure we keep biblical miracle stories in perspective. Lately, I've been watching old reruns of Law & Order on the Wii channel, and about every other commercial break, televangelist Peter Popoff, quite the name, appears on a commercial inviting me to try his miracle spring water. There are testimonies of people who tried the miracle spring water. One person tried it, and the next day, $40,000 appeared in the mail. Peter Popoff assures me that his miracle spring water can cure anything from debt to cancer. Soon, he will be advancing it as a cure for coronavirus. I hope you know this man is a fraud. However, whether you like it or not, he uses miracles in the Bible as verification of his miracle spring water. Some unfortunate souls will want to see the depth of Peter Popoff's faith as the reason the miracle water worked, just like faith made Bartimaeus see. A friend also shared with me a video of televangelist Kenneth Copeland praying away the coronavirus through your TV. All you need to do is touch your TV screen and his powerful prayer will save and protect you.
I believe in the power of prayer. I just don't believe in the power of this kind of prayer. I pray you follow sound medical advice from your doctor. If you do touch your TV screen during a Kenneth Copeland prayer, please wash your hands afterwards. Mercy is the power Jesus exercises in this miracle story. Bartimaeus does not ask for sight at first. He asks for mercy. It is pleas for mercy which grabs the attention of Jesus. And frankly, he is rude in his request for it. So rude that several people tell him to be quiet. The pressure to be silent only makes him yell louder, Show me mercy! He doesn't even use the magic word, please. If you think about it, he never asked Jesus to heal him. He only asked to see. And that might be splitting hairs, but to me, the story suggests it's not about the miracle. Yet, I still think it's about seeing. The story is shaped by what comes before it and what happens after it. Prior to our reading, a rich man wants to know what he can do to inherit eternal life. He is really asking, what power does he have and how does he get the reward he seeks? And even though he says he loves his neighbor, he cannot see a person like Bartimaeus. Then the disciples, James and John, ask for a favored position in heaven. They, too, are selfish. So selfish, they draw the ire of their fellow disciples. The road to Jerusalem is not about personal gain. The very thing most televangelists miss, as do those who succumb to their shallow promises, faith is not about getting what you want, but seeing the power of mercy. Mercy looks beyond the self to our neighbor's needs. Mercy turns the rich man's concern for what he must do to how can he love and serve those in need. It lets the disciples know the most fulfilling place to sit is at a distance where you can see someone rejected receive the gift of mercy. Mercy makes the eye see what is real. If the story is about the miracle, then Bartimaeus has the worst timing ever. The very next story is Palm Sunday. He follows long enough to see Jesus enter Jerusalem on his way to the cross. What's the point of a miracle at this stage of the game? However, if the story is about sight, then Bartimaeus has gained sight just in time to see mercy at work. The cross is what we as Christians have understood to be the depth of God's love for each one of us. It is love for the rich man, the disciple, the blind man, the leper, the widow, the poor, the Gentile, and the Jew. God's love is mercy that helps us see them all, not as classifications, but as children of God. In seeing them as having value, then we see the great gift we've all been given in Christ's love. God does not promise us access to magic spring water. He gives to us the water of baptism, which fills us, sustains us, and guides us with the mercy of the Holy Spirit. Prayer was not given to protect us from every virus and or disease. Prayer protects in that it reveals to our wounded souls the mercy of God. God listens, God loves, and God responds, whether we ask please or not. It's funny, the only person in the 10th chapter of Mark who gets what he wants from Jesus is the one who asks for mercy. The others need mercy more than anything. They just don't see it. We need mercy as well. We cannot proclaim recovery of sight to the blind without it. 
As a congregation and as Christian people, our mission is to proclaim recovery of sight to the blind. Acts of mercy help the people of the world see beyond their own need into the needs of their neighbor. So we will commit ourselves to acts of mercy. Right now, the acts of mercy we are calling you to engage in are washing hands, practicing social distancing, and to endure a short interruption into your regular routine. Two weeks from now, your neighbor's needs may be totally different, but the need to be merciful will not. It helps us all see Christ in our lives. Amen. for the church and all who worship with us today. You call us out of the world's ways and plant us deep in the life of Christ. We celebrate that through our words and actions, the gospel can reach far and wide. We gather to pray for healing and hope. We pray for those in healing professions. We pray for our schools and school staff. We pray for those who are experiencing tremendous anxiety. We pray for those who are caregivers. We pray for those who are first responders. We pray for those abroad, traveling to get home. We pray for those seeking to serve people at risk, for the sick and those in need of healing, and those who care for them. Lord, hear our prayers. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The Spirit of God is upon you. We go proclaiming God's love and liberation. The Spirit of Christ is upon you. We go to live lives of justice and freedom. The power of the Spirit is upon you. We go as one body one spirit, one witness to the promises of our God. Go now in peace, joy, and love. Amen. And the first shall be last, and our eyes are open, and we'll hear like never before. And we'll speak in new ways, and we'll see.
Rest now. 